This is the second interview with Uten Tun on his life and career. At the end of the last episode, you will remember that in 1988, with the change of government following the student riots, all loans stopped to the country, which brought to an end the work that he was doing on the expansion of the shipyards. The interview continues from that point. So, anyway, uh, that, that is uh, that's how my project was stopped. Then, after four years in 1992, so I changed over, gave, uh, hand over my project to the Navy. So, the Navy started building their own shipyards uh, with the land I occupied. And the initial design, which we done with the Japanese uh, OSCC and Mitsui Company Limited. So Navy took over the whole shipyard design and so on. So, between, meantime, also, T- TT, between 1988 yeah. and 1992, did yeah. you have really nothing to do because everything was stopped? Nothing to do? Uh, that we are talking about project. That project was stopped. That project. Uh, that, uh, my, my project, phase two and phase three, was stopped. Because there's no more funding by ADB and no more funding by OECF. But no what, what, did, what did you do otherwise? What work did you do during those years? Well, the normal job. My, my, my uh, ship, uh, ship building, ship repair yards, that, that is going on. Okay. Uh, that is uh, my normal work is still going on. We're okay. About new phase of building new shipyards and uh, shipbuilding and upgrading my own shipyard. That okay. Is, but normal work is just carry on. Okay, got it. Uh, that, 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 that was my my, my main portion. But in 1991, when I'm I was. Uh, at the age of 60, that is a combustible retirement age for service personnel in Myanmar. So that is combustible retirement. But I, I was asked to stay on as advisor for two years. So from 1991, at the age of 60 to up to age of 62, I still stay over as advisor at the Shipyard Corporation. Then I found jobs in Singapore and other places. That, that is as far as my job is concerned. But uh, for other part of my life, I'm very good at sports. So I was keen on rowing, tennis, sailing, things like that. Anyway, in my younger age, at, at the age of 24, 25, I was very good at rowing. I even represent my own country for rowing. Uh, I mean, like international rowing, I'm talking about. Yeah. Not pulling the Navy, rowing. So eventually, I became the president of Myanmar Yachting Federation, as well as president of Myanmar. Rowing Federation. 
when at the age of 50, 55. And is that the one that's down on the lake, the rowing club is down on the lake? Yes, uh, rowing club is uh, in Inga Lake. Yeah. And we set up also our defense services, rowing and sailing club also on the same lake, Inga Lake, in Yango. So, so also, also participated in the 1978 Asian Games, Asia, Asia Games for sailing, but not, oh, there were not much rowing those days. But in 1955, 56, I when I was at the age of 24, 25, we did a lot, a lot of. Uh, I mean, uh, local country like rowing. English also. Uh, Bombay University, Calcutta University, Yangon University, as well as different services team. So we used to do and do these also. Which, but what did you row? An eight or a four or a single skull? Well, I, I, I row on, uh, I'm the timing stroke for eights as well as fours. The stroke? So one of the international meet, uh, uh, I represented at the time Defense Services Club. Right. And I was going as a timing stroke. For fours, we got gold. And uh, for eights, we got silver in 1955. And 1955 was, we call it, uh, Rangu University Book Club, which is very old. Uh, it, he was, it was started by English man called Sir Sa, Arthur Egger. He was the first founder of Rangu University Book Club in, 2000, uh, in 191905. So in 1955, they did the regatta, golden, golden jubilee regatta for him. 50 year celebration. Yeah, for celebration, golden, golden jubilee celebration. So did his team, uh, from Bombay University team, Calcutta University team, Rangu University team, and the Conservatives team, we all did the regatta there at the time. So, and also individually, I'm very good at shooting also, for pistol shooting, rapid fire. Now it's not, not popular anymore, but in olden days, it was popular. Rapid fire means with a pistol, you fire five targets in eight seconds. Wow. Five, yes. Then six seconds, then four seconds. So, I mean, uh, that, that, is, that, that, that used to be international, I mean, sports also. And now you, you won't find any more in Olympic or Asian Games like that. But that, uh, those were the days. Anyway, uh, up to the age of uh, 62, I did a lot of rowing and sailing in Air Lake. And I took the whole team to uh, sailing at sea in Napoli, Sea Beach, things like that. But I'm also very good at tennis. I, I was Navy champion for 10 years, younger, younger days, things like that. Wow. <laughs> even in, even in, uh, in England, Devonshire, and 
do see, I used to play badminton. We have a badminton club in Royal Engineering College in Plymouth. Then uh, they appointed me as secretary of the club, and we used to play interclub in, in the region. And, and, and when I was st studying in, in Royal Navy. So that, that was about the gist. And because I am the senior most, you can say, one of the pioneer mechanical engineer, whenever government have, uh, has something to do with major project, like building a big pagoda near Shirkum Pagoda, they call it Mahavidya, and they put me as one of the construction only member for construction of the Goda. And whenever something happened to Fedegum Goda, you know Fedegum Goda? Yeah. Yeah, it's the biggest Goda. There was an earthquake in 1780. Uh, the the crack, crack, crack appear in the upper level of the pagoda and to repair that also they formed a team of engineers and i was also one of the engineers who supervised and during janatanshi's period also when they want to change the whole top structure we call it a pagoda umbrella top part of the pagoda so because I'm a mechanical engineer, so I could suggest so many things of material. So instead of using mastery, I suggested them to use stainless steel. You know what I mean? Yes. So that will last for 40, 40, 50 years instead of changing it every 10 years. Things like that. So I was also mainly uh, partially occupied with the government appointed uh, works as engineers. Anyway, when I retire, I started working for private comp companies. Then, when they found out that I was working in Singapore, General Tanshi, he asked, he asked his subordinate to call me back and to let me work only inside Myanmar, whatever, whatever I need. They, they, they gave me support. So I started work, working for, working as joint venture with government department to work as a woodworking machinery. So I took over the whole building, woodworking building, which was built by Canadian Eight in 1956-57, it was never used. So I took over the building and joint venture with construction ministry. And I formed a company called Green Gold Industrial Company Limited. Green, Green Gold? Green Gold, yes, GGI. Green Gold Industrial Company Limited. I am I, the founder and I'm still the chairman of the company. And we, we used to work mainly for export. I was exporting to Indonesia, Italy, 
France, Germany, as well as England, and also to Hong Kong, Japan, things like that. Is it furniture? Yeah, not furniture. Uh, wood, you know, planking. planking. Okay. Yeah. So, like one of one of the new prime minister in Malaysia, they want to build a house. They came to order everything from 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 a factory. So it's according to order. They want so many paneling, so many flooring, so many doors like that. We will we will do made to order. order. So it's teak wood, is it? Teak wood. It mainly teak. Yeah. yeah. So, so it was going well. In I started the that uh, factory in nineteen ninety seven. I retired in 1991, stayed with the government for that 1993. From 1994 to 1997, I was working in Singapore and abroad. Then from 1997, when they called back, I started working with woodworking machinery. So I was doing very well for export and things like that. But in 2007, there was a commotion in Myanmar, or strikes and uh, like, and there were also many. They call it a yellow yellow rope demonstration. Even Mumu, uh, yellow yellow rope uh, the 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 monastery. Uh, the monks. You know what is yellow rope? Yeah, right? the monks. 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 They also started demonstration. In any uh, 2007, they call it yellow rope uh, demonstration. So from then on, uh, West Western government, including mainly American, the what shall I say, embargo, sanctions, uh, sanctions, sanctions. And my company was also named in one of the hundred companies. So we we stop exporting. Then then and then my production uh, of uh, factory is slowed down. I was employing about seven hundred labor, then down to one fifty. At the moment, we are still working with about one hundred one fifty. So still, um, uh, you can say embargo. <laughs> So when so did you buy out? When did you buy out the, the you know, the government share? No government share. We started forming 50-50. They they gave me the land and building as fifty percent, and I put up my own machinery and my own people for running. Hundred percent, we run our own. So government share was only land and building. That's all. And which, which again, which which department was it again? Which ministry? The construction machinery. Ministry of construction. construction. Yeah, ministry of construction. Also, another second industry is transport and communication shipyard. My okay. own ship shipyard. We have also a building for woodworking building which is not 100 percent 
utilized. So that also I did joint venture with, with them 50% for, for their building and then and 50% I buy machinery from mainly from Italy and England and so on, Germany, and some are from Formosa. So I put up the machinery. So, and was that was that also for woodworking or woodworking? Right, purely wood. So when uh, the new government, uh, democracy government, put up in 2010. Those joint ventures were stopped. So, so the joint venture with my shipyard and myself was stopped, and we divided equally divided our uh, assets. And I bought the shares from construction machinery. Uh, ministry and I bought their shares of 50% and now it's becoming 100% owned by my group, Ringo uh, Industrial Company Limited. So the land and as well as the building is now our own 100%, no more joint venture. So it's called Green Gold Industrial Company Limited? Yes. yes. Right. So one part of the story, which I found interesting, weren't you offered a deputy uh, ministry position, which you turned down? That was Pearl and Fishery. Oh, Pearl, Pearl and Fishery. When were you offered that? Hmm? Yes. What year? That was 1984. And you turned it down because if you'd taken the position, your daughter could not have got permission to study in the U.S. That is, uh, that is my main idea, but I, I, I cannot tell them straight away that, that that is the case. Because actually, I first thing I told them was the number one general Newin asked me to build a shipyard in Tilawa, which I have to do that if I. Change over to, to political side. I mean that, that nobody will follow up. Can his um, what shall I say order? So that was the number one reason I I gave them. So as soon as I, I mentioned his name and his, uh, he gave me assignment. So so, so they agree, and then they asked me. If you are not accepting that uh, political post, then you have to join, become a central executive committee member for war veteran organization. So that I agree and work uh, in my spare times for war veteran organization. That also was about. That was about 1984 as well? Yes, in 1984. And you did that for many years, right? Yeah, for, for up to 2000. So 16 years I was then. 
And when, when I you over to Singapore, I had I had to ask leave to, to go over. And uh, when you say war, war, war veterans, what does war veterans mean? These are veterans who fought against the uh, ethnic groups. Is that it? All ex army, ex army Navy Air Force retirement people. Okay, just on that, does a person who retires from the army or navy do they get a pension that's enough to live on? No, not enough. They will get pension. You cannot compare. Uh, they like I worked for the government for 42 years. That is maximum uh, one can serve. So my pension now is only about, say, $150 in um, US dollars. A month? A month. And do they pay it? It is a Monday, Monday, yeah, Monday. I get two, 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 chats. So that's not enough to so live off. Well, normal pay is about uh, 10, 10, 10, uh, 1 million chats for, for my position. So we get about, say, for quarter, 25% of your present pay. And does a retiree from the military get the same amount as somebody retiring from the public service, or no, is it? Uh, in my case, if I, I change over, I said I, I was a bit upset when I was sent civilian job. Then straight away I said I would take civilian retirement pay. Actually, if I take military retirement pay, I get about say nearly 70 or 80 dollars more if you if i take my military retirement pay so we call it n over 50 and and any number of service you serve like 40 years then divide by 50 that is for military for civilian if you Work for 40 years, then it divide by 70 plus your present present pay. That, that, that is how it works. So how do people survive then if it's you know someone who retires? How can they survive on that? What do they do? Entirely life is changed if you retire. Because suddenly you, you are getting happy or less than half. So people struggle, you know. That is how we form a war veteran organization. Those who retire. And they also have to do so many small jobs. So we try to support them, whatever they need. Like they want to do, like in the cottage industry, then we start funding them, how much they need, things like that. People have to carry on working for their own survival. It's very hard. Very hard. Life is very hard, very hard. And it's probably also difficult for children to support the parents. Yeah, not, 
unless that the by that time your children are independent and they can stand on their own is okay. So in Asian system, so no normally children must look after the parents and grandparents thing like that. So, uh, that that is part of the, our nature. supporting their own parents and grandparents. That is our life. Yeah. But in your case, you're still working. You're still chairman of uh, the company. I'm still, I still have a sort of income on my own. So I don't have to depend on the children yet. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I will never ever need to get support from my daughter and son. So, uh, in, my, mine is, uh, I mean, it's a special, special case. Hmm? Yeah. I'm not like other people. Yeah. And and you've <laughs> lived a long while. <laughs> yeah. So if I can live for another two, three years, uh, I mean, especially, I mean, health, healthily, that is very important. Whether you, if you don't have to depend uh, you, you, we, here we don't have any nursing home, so quite hard to become an old age. Eh? Yeah, you cannot just. Go. No, I Unless, think it's very tough, very tough. Very tough. It's very very hard here. And your wife also lived to a great age too, right? She only died last year. Yeah, exactly four months ago. Four months ago. Oh, four really? Yeah, only four months ago. Oh, I think she was 89. 89, she completed 89. So we, it was very sudden. Actually, we don't have any specific particular ailment. So during COVID season here, it's very hard for us also to send patient to the hospital and suddenly it happened so within 40 days i mean from here we hire ambulance air ambulance and from here because the hospital here gave up so we sent her to bangkok cemetery hospital with air ambulance there she survived for three weeks and three days and they couldn't do anything. It was anyway. It's a sad story. Yes, very sad. Sorry, but anyway, the funeral arrangement in Bangkok was far better and speedier. And luckily, we were looked after by the vice chairman of the they call it religious authority in Thailand. So we were, hap we were happily accepted by the, we call it um, special pagoda, very old pagoda in right. Bangkok. Well, there's not many people that, you know, are able to afford to do that. So you're, you've certainly did the best you could for your, your wife. Yeah. Yes. And so, also, 
So, Titi, have you got any stories about uh, Nay Win? The, the good thing I can the, the good thing I can tell about Nay Win is when he was younger, days, he was a playboy. He was not interested in politics. Say we are known as they are known as uh, part of the thirty comrades. When we were under British, that thirty young students, college students, some other college, they all went in what shall I say uh, illegally to Formosa and went to Japan to get military training there. So they came back together with the Japanese invasion army. And they started forming the first Burmese army in 1942, February in Bangkok. So Nguyen actually is a second echelon leader among this 30 comrade. So when British took over Myanmar again in 1945, May, June, the British government accepted only 3,000 of those soldiers from General Aung San. So that is two regiments, we call it. Regiment number three, regiment number four. And they went is one of the regiment colonel. So he was head of 1,500 army personnel. Another regiment is Gen, Gen, uh, Colonel Zia, is also head of 1,500 army. So that was the only 3,000 people accepted by the British government. What, what about what about TT? What about General Smith Dunn? Smith Dunn was the uh, he was the head of the Army Navy Air Force. General Smith Dunn. Smith Dunn is Korean. And Sojado, his number two is also Korean. Sojado, Brigadier Sojado. Smith Dunn is General Smith Dunn. So then all the other army are. Army rifles are, we have Chen, Kachen, Shang, Kian rifles, and they are also, major, major, majority is Korean Army. Because the head of the Army is also Korean, number two also is the Korean. So when we got independence in 1948, we had, uh, what shall I say, the, the general agreement of the foundation of Myanmar. Everybody signed it. After 10 years, from 1948 to 1958, after 10 years, if any states want to become independent, they, they can choose. So in 1958, so, oh no, no, I have to start again in 1948 when we got independence. So when General Aung San was assassinated, assassinated in 1947, the government took over the general administration of Myanmar. He became prime minister. 
Ulu Kubaswe Kujonying thing like that. Anyway. And they are the head, they are the prime minister. So 1948. And from 1948 to 49, in 1948, the Communist Party become insurgent. They don't agree to accept the peaceful transfer of independence from England. So they started fighting against our main government. Then the Korean. Korean is a major army. So they want to become the whole Arabic state into. So since government cannot agree to give Korean state as the whole Arabic region, they also become insurgent. Then they took over the whole of Insane, Metila, Mandalay, Mimio, all the big cities were under Korean army's control at the time. At the time, only Nguyen was the only one with 1,500 men under him, one regiment. Another regiment, Kanazia, <coughs> uh, he also became communist, and the whole his regiment become communist insurgent. So General Nguyen had to form civil, uh, temporary civil people to, to take over arms and defend together with him. So he started defending, organizing and fighting against terrorists at the time in 1949, 1950. Anyway, that is another part. So this, our Myanmar became so many insurgents during political time in 1948, 49, 50, 51, 52. We have two Communist Party, one is under Russian, another one is under Chinese Communist Party. So, allegiance. So, what happened is in 1958, our stipulation said uh, each state can become independent. So, everybody wants independence. So, only when asked, sorry, uh, UNU. Prime Minister asked Win to take over the government for one and a half year, according to the stipulation laid down in the rules. So Win took over the government for one and a half year. Then he uh, arranged another, what shall I say, uh, election in 1960. And that election, uh, original people become also two parties. One is John Yen and Pasui, Unu is the Uten two parties. In the, anyway, Unu won, won the election and he took over again in 1961. So same thing happened when Unu took over. Nobody was satisfied is uh, we of government and everybody wants to become independent again. And 1962, when the Revolutionary Council took over the whole Myanmar again, then it started uh, military government from then, from 2nd March 1962. That is how 
our, our country is. Do you have any views on whether what sort of man he was, whether he did the right thing, was he a good leader? One thing you can say about good thing about him is during his time, there were no cheating uh, or death sentence was uh, ordered by the government. Nobody was hanged at that during his period. Even the communists, uh, hard like communist Takinso was caught and he was sentenced to death and he was pardoned after 10 years by him. So one thing good about this, he never hanged anybody. That, that I uh, can say that, good about him. And he was accepted by, like uh, he played golf with Lyndon Johnson. Uh, Princess Alexandra come to Yangon and began every other year. And he goes over to England and Germany and almost every year. He was was he an intelligent man? He is intelligent. And did he have good English? Was he able to communicate? Oh, he, he speaking English. He, no, no need. Uh, no need for interpreter. No, 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 no. He is very good in English because he was accepted and uh, he had dinner with White uh, White House Johnson time and and. Johnson gave him his signature golf set and things like that. So also royal family from England also were very friendly with him. Come and go. Uh, I mean, in many ways he is uh, he is sociable. Even though he follow socialism, because in those days. Uh, all small nation, newly independence, they, they, I mean, become socialism. Yes. Uh, everybody was shouting socialism. So, so I think that is part of the reason we follow socialism. Then when 1979, Deng Xiaoping become, his new economic policy was successful in four years time. He asked the government in 1983 to follow that and to change over, to follow that new economic policy. And that time, I think uh, General Sanyu, who are in, in charge, those they, uh, they were taking long time to follow communist uh, footsteps, uh, Chinese, Chinese new economic policy footsteps. So that was the main reason of our downfall become promotion in any 88. In the end, General Solomon took over and then General Tashi took over. That, 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 that was the main tragedy. So we, we failed to follow Chinese a new economic policy, which became very successful in, in 1982-83. Deng Xiaoping started in 1979. So, 
that that is part of the reason I think why we are now. So the main, if you ask me frankly, I'm not a follower. I'm at, at my age. I can see that uh, why why we are in in this very difficult position. We are at the lowest position now. In 2010, when the new government thing said, took over, his economic policy was good. So we were doing very well, generally. So we were not the least developed country at the time. We passed well up. So our economic situation same was very good at the time. Then after five years, the new leader came, uh, Masuchi. Then she, she was mainly aiming for the change of act. Uh, instead of concentrating on economic economy. So economy came down and I think now we are the lowest, second lowest country in the whole world. So that, that is the main fault of the last government. They don't care about economy. They only care about political and popularity. You know? that, anyway, what to do? We, we are only looking from outside and we are suffering. Yeah, yeah. So... Titi, is there anything else that you'd like to talk about? You've been very generous with your time and you've got a wonderful memory of all the things that have happened during your lifetime. On the whole, we are in this position because of the failure of our political people in 19, I mean, just after the war time. Because they were not uh, intelligent, they cannot foresee forethought. So they were very strict, uh, strict-minded. I think I, I, I put all the blame on the political people who were governing our government in 1948-58. And with all the insurgents started within that period. Now we have so many insurgents. Well, they weren't given, the, the government didn't, comply with the 10-year agreement, right? No, no, no. I mean, they, 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 they should be uh, flexible. Huh? You have to give something, you have to take something. Like the give and take is the main thing in, I mean, uh, pol pol politics. So negotiation and giving and taking, that, that is the main thing. You must negotiate. That they cannot do successfully. That is our failure by the political people in the beginning. So those independent struggle is still going on. It's amazing. Century. It's 60 years. Yeah, yes. Let's imagine. Some 70 years. 70 years. It's agency. The longest in, in the whole world, I think. There's so many groups. Yeah, it's not just one ethnic group, it's yeah, many. Many groups. So, TT, I'd like to thank you very much for your time. 
it's been very informative and I've learned a lot and I'd like to wish you, you know, all the very best for the future. Thank you, Peter. An honor to be part of your conversation group and you're welcome to ask me anything again if and when you require. Thank you very Bye -bye. much. Thank you. Bye-bye.